Hey everyone, it's Simon here. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. And if you are new or visiting and want to know more about Everyone Church, head to our website. Uh, there you can find out everything about Everyone Church and all of our upcoming gatherings as we turn to weekly in-person services starting next week, which we're very excited about. This week we had special guest Pastor Troy Davis all the way from Zion Church in Darwin. Maria and I have known Troy and his wife Nicole and the whole family for many, many years. In fact, Troy taught me high school scripture uh, when I was a young scruffy teenager uh, and he was really instrumental in helping me find Jesus and we just love him and we asked him while we welcome our new little baby girl into the world we asked him to uh, prepare a sermon for us for online church and he did Uh, so let's get to it come on you're going to enjoy Troy and what he has to say and he will be with us in person in May so mark that down and we hope you enjoy the podcast today let's get to it Well, hello, everyone, church. It's so cool to be able to do this and share with you. If you don't know me, my name's Troy, and I pastor Zion Church in Darwin. And have to say, I have just loved watching uh, everyone, church's adventure and the journey, and cheering Simon and Marie on, and just seeing the church uh, become this wonderful church family in the community. And looking so forward to being with you in the flesh. I know technology sometimes drives me crazy, but it's in moments like this, it's pretty cool. Uh, so I can't wait to be there and meet you in person in May. Uh, but I know Simon and Maria are better, uh, number three, and so it's real cool that I can do this. And there's, I guess, a message that's on my heart that I pray would really launch and propel you uh, into this brand new year. And um, it's obviously easy in a new year to talk about new things, it's a new day, something fresh. But uh, I want to bring a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm just going to pray really quick. And I know we're across uh, distance and over, over connection here, but I just pray God would move uh, between that. So Father, thank you for your power and your presence. And I just pray this message would speak to every single person that tunes in, and I pray it would cause us to want to be more and more like you. Uh, help me share this in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And um, if you read the context, there's a couple chapters there where Paul really just has this passionate plea about seeing others come to know Christ as Lord. And Paul's prepared to do anything to become all things to all men to save some. But he's got this little juicy uh, passage that some of you may have heard, some of you may have never heard. But he says this in verse 24. He says, Do you not know that in a race... All the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. But probably the phrase that I just want to sort of focus in on and zone in on is the words run in such a way to win the prize. And what's the way that we should run to win this prize? And if you don't know me, I am very competitive. Um, Simon, I know, is very competitive. His kids are really competitive. Um, I know that I actually do want to win. And sometimes the danger is we compete against one another. You know what? You're running your own race, and I'm running my race. But it does say in the Bible to run in a way to win the prize. 
And I know we live in a day and an era where we give out participation awards, and I'm all good for that. But I think we really should commend and reward those that work their tails off and win. And when someone wins a gold medal or a silver medal or even just makes the Olympic Games, I think we should actually applaud that and honour the commitment that they obviously put hours and hours into their training to get to that place. And as a Christian, that's the kind of Christian life I want to live, knowing that I'm not racing against you, but I want to win this thing called life. We only get one chance in it. So there's just four things that really stuck out to me. Uh, They're simple. They're not rocket science. Um, But things that I believe could help you, help me, uh, really run this race well. And the first thing is I want to encourage you, and I'm definitely preaching to me here as well, by the way, is I want to run with the Word of God by my side. And I know um, the 21st century, I've only been alive 40, just over 40 years, 43, um, but I, I know there's some complexities and there's some ever-changing definitions. And uh, more and more so, we're seeing society move away from God's ways, especially in, in Australia, becoming more and more secular. And the danger for us is if we don't have the Word of God by our side, we don't have that Word being the, the light to our path. It actually says in Psalm 119, 105, that there's a cool song about it if you've been in church for a long time. But thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I just think how, how, how desperately do we need the word of God right now to be a word unto our feet. And I guess that represents our day-to-day, our next step. But also we need his light to shine our path for our future, for generations. And I want to encourage you. You know, I've just kicked off another Bible year plan. And um, I'm doing it chronologically this year. I'm doing a different version of the Bible this year. I just want to encourage you, get the Word of God by your side. And too often I hear it, and um, I guess in a way it's saddening and it's also frustrating at times. Uh, The amount of times I hear Christians that just do not get the Word of God in their life. And I'm going to tell you, without the Word of God, you're just going to be running the wrong race. And sometimes people think, oh, I've got to read the whole thing. I know Simon's read the whole Bible in a month, does his shreds. You know, even if you just read a few verses a day, just spend some time in his presence. Get the word of God by your side. If you want to win, if you want to win this race, I want to encourage you, have the word of God by your side. Start memorizing it. And because I know, who knows, man, our world right now is looking in all the wrong places for answers and definitions. And in fact, we're redefining truth. And we're just telling people you can believe your truth. And let, that's fine if that's what you believe. Yet we've got this word of God that says it is the truth. Second thing, it says, first thing, first thing is run with the word by your side. Second thing I would really encourage you to do is run with others by your side. And um, I'm going to say it, it's it's hard sharing this because I've seen this um, play out in my own extended family. Um, we, we isolate ourselves and we start running on our own. Um, we get, the danger is we can become independent. Uh, we get our own views, our own doctrine. But, you know, there's something powerful about the church. <laughs> there's something powerful about um, connect groups. I'm not sure what you call them there at Everyone Church. But there's something powerful about gathering together and having people by your side. And who knows, we've all got like these blind spots and having good friends and good leaders and, and people that can be, we can be honest with and accountable with. Uh, I want to encourage you, don't do life on your own. And I know, you know, who knows what your view on COVID was and all the mandates and all that. I'm up in the Northern Territory. It was a little bit different for us. 
But I do know one of the dangers we saw wasn't necessarily the health implications, but we saw the loneliness implications. And that was potentially a more damaging epidemic than the health hazards. And of course, you know, maybe some of our officials tried their best, but I don't know whether we addressed the loneliness, but people became very insular, locked in their homes, and there, there were some real dangers to that. And I want to encourage you as a Christian, there's nothing in Scripture that talks about being isolated. You know, it talks about having a place of solitude, but not a place of isolation. And I want to really invite you. I know we're talking across, uh, you know, the, again, the benefits of technology. But don't just connect via a computer screen. Connect in person. Connect where, you know, there's midweek gatherings. And I see on your social medias that uh, Simon and Maria are trying everything they can to get this church to become this beautiful functioning family and functioning community. And so you've got this wonderful chance to make some fresh commitments. I'm not just talking about New Year's resolutions because you'll, you know, you'll give up statistically by the end of January. Make a commitment to say, man, I want to be connected better. And sometimes that means overcoming past hurts or past disappointments uh, or sometimes some of the challenges of just our own commitments in life. But make a concerted effort to go, you know what, I, I actually want to do this life with others by my side. Yes, you're running your race, but in a way, we're cheering on others to run their race well. And who knows, you need someone you can be honest with. I know each and every Thursday morning, I gather together with a group of men. And let me tell you, it's not just a Bible study. And I'm all for Bible studies. I think Bible study is awesome. But it's actually a great chance to just be real and to share some of the stuff that we're struggling with. And um, I know you, you haven't met me in the flesh. Maybe some of you have. But let me tell you, the guy who's speaking to you this morning is uh, weak. He's broken at times. And I need others. I need others that are going to pat me on the back. Every now and then I need someone to give me a gentle love slap and say, hey, bro, I think you're sort of getting in the wrong direction there and asking the tough questions. So have the word by your side. Have others by your side. The third thing that I guess is you know pretty similar to point one, but it's having the Holy Spirit by your side. And uh, I know you guys are a Pentecostal church. And for some of you, you might go, I've never heard of the word. Others are like, oh, yeah, Pentecostal church. But my experience, I've been a Christian since 1993, is we have these sort of pendulums. And on one end, there's churches that almost wouldn't even know who the Holy Spirit is. He's like this obsolete character. Um, and, you know, there's just no acknowledgement of his presence and uh, almost afraid to say the word Holy Spirit. It's like some sort of mist or ghost. And then I've been in other churches where it's like, man, it's so super spiritual. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm just letting you know, uh, maybe some of you might disagree with me. Some of you might turn off the, um, the feed right now. But I don't believe the devil can attack your fridge. Um, I don't think he can make your fridge break down. But when your fridge breaks down, that's when he attacks. But I've seen Christians get all spiritual about all sorts of things. And I just think, man, I, I don't know if the Holy Spirit's actually in all that stuff. But finding this sweet spot is what we read in scripture, is that Jesus said it. I mean, Jesus himself said, it's good for me to go because then I can send the Holy Spirit. I can send this counselor, this advocate to walk alongside you. And I want to just say, it's so easy. And I'm guilty as so many times of doing my life, doing my day without the Holy Spirit with me. And I want to encourage you as we kick off 2023, have the Holy Spirit by your side, invite him in. Take some time each day. You know, obviously for some it's morning, for some of it's night, some of it's lunch hour, but have a time, have times in your day where you just let the Holy Spirit, just say simple prayer, Holy Spirit, what, what are you, are you guiding me? Be that lamp unto my feet. The beautiful picture, and I'm going to actually pay kudos to Simon because he sort of mentioned 
uh, this when I said, oh, I think this is what's in my heart. And uh, Jesus actually said, hey, man, I, I want to be like yoked to you. Okay, now not obviously egg, egg yoked, but yoked like oxen, which was this bar that went across the two cows and it sort of locked them in together. And, you know, traditionally they would normally put a stronger one with a younger one so that the younger one would learn the pace, the rhythms, the strength of the older one. And Jesus is saying, hey, yoke yourself to me. And, and he actually says it's light, the burden is light, and it's easy. And I sometimes look at Christianity, I think at times we complicate it. We make it look so complex and so rules-based, and yet Jesus was the one that said it's meant to be light and it's meant to be easy. And it's only going to be light, it's only going to be easy, I believe, is if we yoke ourselves to him. And, of course, he's left and of course, his spirit lives on. Jesus is alive, but he's given us his Holy Spirit to be alongside us, within us. And I want to ask you, run this race. Run in such a way where the word's by your side. Others are by your side. And run with the Holy Spirit by your side. For some of you, it might be a brand new concept. You know, and I, want, and I know sometimes we see, you know, all these things, and that's cool. And, you know, sports players do it, Grammys, you know, when they accept their Grammys. But the Holy Spirit's real. It's the Trinity. It actually says in Genesis that they made the earth, you know, that let us make man in, uh, man in our image. Like, who's the us? And it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over this formless earth. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's there, and the Holy Spirit wants to be part of your life. And so why don't you invite him and just say, hey, come alongside even better, it's probably the imagery. He's already there. Come alongside him. You know, the apostle, not the apostle, John the Baptist uh, prayed the famous prayer, Lord, I've got to become less. He's got to become greater. And it's a dangerous prayer. And it's a prayer I've probably prayed so many times, not actually prepared to follow through. But that prayer is, Lord, uh, less of me, more of you. And so I actually believe they're just wonderful, simple keys that are going to help you get on this journey, get on this race win this prize called life and i want to say um, i'm you know i feel like again we're communicating across the screen i don't live up to this all the time in fact no one does and it's probably something that irks me at times about churches we come through church doors or we log on and we put in our best self let's just be real and sometimes, you know, the runners, man, they, they go through some tough stuff. They go through injuries. They go through, you know, I think of Usain Bolt. And uh, he's probably someone that, um, you know, is one of my favorite sporting athletes. And uh, if you're young, you know, if you're a Gen Z, maybe never was significant in you. But, you know, watching him just run this beautiful rhythm. And it looked like at times he wasn't even trying. But let me tell you, he put hours and years into training and discipline and diet and he's working his butt off behind the scenes so that when the olympics come he can just smile at the cameras and just glance across that line you know break all the world records and i don't know whether anyone will ever beat him but let me tell you he found the rhythms and i want to encourage you look i'm doing the running man right there is i want to encourage you find the rhythms and you're going to find that when you have the Holy Spirit by your side. You're going to find that when you have the Word of God by your side. You're going to have that when you've got good people around you by your side. And sometimes, I know, I'm sort of backtracking to point two. I look, I go, you know, you walk down to the pubs and you see it. You know, sometimes I eat the pubs on the cheap wings night or something like that. But, man, they're doing community pretty good. And they're getting real together. And sometimes they'll end up fighting each other. 
And then what's crazy is the next day they're making up, being buddies. And I just think, wow, only Christians could be that real. You know, we get offended. And man, 10 years later, we're still offended. And let's do life together. Final thing, and it's something, I guess, because I haven't met you. Met you, it may not mean so much to you, but you know, our church family, we started in 2010. I've been a Christian since 1993. Um, the point that I want to make is the final one is running with urgency on your side. And I've got to say, I had to apologise to my church family. Um, so often um, I've heard a couple of things. I've heard one, that Jesus is coming back. And this is the year that he's coming back. And the other thing that I've heard is that revival is going to break out this year. And of course, uh, I haven't really seen either of those things happen, play out you know, in the way that it's been prophesied or proclaimed. And um, my end times view might be different to yours. No doubt there's going to be different views. But I just want to say the danger is when we see things that um, we're told are going to happen that don't, is we lose our sense of urgency and we get complacent. And I want to say, man, I want to live with this urgency. You know, it was Jesus himself who said, no one knows the day or the hour. No one knows the time when I'm coming back. Only the Father. And which tells me Jesus could come back. He could come back tomorrow, could come back in 500 years. But I guess knowing that he could come back should encourage us. It should maybe convict us, should challenge us to live a life with this urgency. Like, man, we get this one short life. We get maybe 80 years. And God willing, I hope I get to see my kids. I hope I get to see my grandkids, maybe even my great-grandkids. But let me tell you, I, there's no guarantee of that. And so I want to throw out this, you know, almost cliche question. Please don't think I'm pointing to current signs and wonders. I'm just saying this, that Jesus could come back. And if he did come back, are we living a life that... He was this priority. He was the centerpiece. You know, I'm trying to balance living generationally. I'm trying to live for my kids and my kids' kids. That's biblical. But I'm also trying to live with this, Jesus, if you did come back, man, I've devoted my life to running this race. And the context, if you keep reading that passage, Paul was saying, man, I don't want to get disqualified, so I'm going to tell others. You know, the context for him running this race was all about I've got this one life and he doesn't get to live much longer. He gets beheaded, right? Is he, I, I want to use this one life to reach as many people for Jesus as possible. I don't care whether they're Jew, whether they're Gentile, whether they're Greek, whether they're slave or free, male or female, young or old. I just want to become all things to all men so I can save some. And I'm telling you, I'm convicted because I don't even come close to the urgency that he had and the price that he paid. And I want to invite you maybe just to turn up the urgency dial, maybe just a notch. You know, we're not talking about all of a sudden just laying it all down, getting on the street corners and preaching your guts out. If God puts it on your heart, you go for it. But let me tell you, just taking that one step at a time, saying, Lord, I want to live with a sense of urgency. And Lord, if revival is going to break out, I'm going to start believing. Why not? Let's believe it. Instead of going, ah, you know, man, they've been talking about that for since 1993. You know, why not? Let's just start afresh. Just say, hey, Jesus, man, I want to see you break out over Darwin. I want to see you in the Northern Territory. I want to see you in the uh, the Eretropolis, <laughs> the Acropolis now. I want to see you break out in this region. I want to see you in the primary schools and the high schools. And it almost looks like that's an oxymoron because we're almost seeing the opposite play out in society. And if you ask me, that's all the more reason why God gets all the glory if he does do something special. So let's put up our hands. Let's run this race. Run in such a way to win the prize. Run in a way where you're not just making up the numbers. 
you know, my daughter, she's nine, and uh, she says to me and that she wants to be an Olympic swimmer. And I'm like, I'm doing everything in my power to like say no, because I don't want to be the parent that's dropping her off at 5 a.m. every morning. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm a, her dream crusher. And she's like, but what about the Junior Olympics? I'm like, you know, Chloe, she's awesome, man, by the way. And she's got cool other dreams. But man, the, the price that you've got to pay is like, Man, I mean, are you seriously wanting to do this? Like, yeah, yeah, I want to do this. Anyways, I think a few months down the track, she's lost that zing for that. But man, what if we could get excited like that for the things of God? And what if we could just put up our hand, open up our heart and say, Lord, yeah, do something fresh in me. I want to run this race. I want to run in such a way to win the prize. I want to run. I want to win this prize. I don't know about you. I, I often I get very emotional thinking about it. I can't wait. I've put my trust in Jesus. I know he lived 2,000 years ago. He died. He rose again. Man, I get emotional thinking about this. One day I'm going to get to stand before Jesus. And I don't know what how special or a big deal that is to you, but let me tell you, it's a massive deal to me. And I guess the imagery of him saying the words to me, well done, good and faithful servant, would just be the absolute icing on the cake of a life well lived. And I pray you too would want to hear those words. And of course, I haven't been to heaven. I don't know how it fully plays out. But it certainly talks about that we can live a life that pleases him. We can live a life that's gold. And I want to encourage you, let's start this year. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new day. Let's start this year saying, Jesus, I want to run in such a way to win the prize. Let me pray for you. And then I'll see you guys in a few months. So Jesus, thank you for giving your everything for us on the cross. And Lord, I don't know where every single person is in their relationship with you, but I pray they'd sense the invitation of you wanting to walk alongside them more and more each and every day. And Lord, I pray we would open up our hearts and say, Lord, do what you want to do. I want to run this race in such a way. Lord, if there's people here and maybe they've just been doing it a bit solo, doing it on their own, I pray they'd just really commit themselves to the church, to the body, to the body of believers, to the family, and run this race with others by their side. And Lord, let the Word of God, let the Holy Spirit be by our side, Lord, each and every day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. I'll see you guys in a few months. And God bless you, Simon and Maria. Can't wait. Proud of you guys. Well done. Keep up the good work. Keep running the race. And man, I just love watching you guys run that race well in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, catch you later. Well, how good was that? Thank you, Troy, for that timely encouragement for us as a church. Come on, let's keep God's word by our side. Let's keep each other. Let's keep the Holy Spirit, a sense of urgency. Come on, these are important, important things. Very timely reminders and encouragements for us as a church as we enter this new season of weekly in-person services. And speaking of in-person, Troy will be with us in person on May 7th. Uh, It's all booked. We're ready to have him with us for the weekend, maybe Us and the guys can take him out for dinner and really get to know Troy, someone who really is a lifelong friend, him and Nicole of Maria and I, and we're excited to have them with us. Also excited about next week. Come on, head to our website. All the details are on there where where the service is. And let's, you know, I love that point that Troy mentioned about 
doing life with others, having others by your side. That's really what this is about, eh? Like this is about journeying together, not just me by myself watching a video from home. No, doing life together, journeying for God together. Come on, let's let's prioritize that this year and set ourselves up for an amazing year. Who knows where everyone what church will be this time next year. I'm really excited about all those possibilities and we're going to talk about them over the next couple of weeks. And remember, if you want to know more about Jesus, about our church, head to our website, get in contact with us, join us for church. We'd love to see you there and I hope you have an amazing week. We're going to continue to just wake up multiple times a night. So if you see me next week and I'm looking a little bit tired, just Give me a coffee and slap me in the face or something. Uh, Hope you have an amazing week and we'll see you for church in person next week.